What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Matt Llewellyn. Matt, it's finally time to preview the 49ers' first game of the year. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Zach. Um, you know, it, it's it's that time of year. We had a great game on Thursday. Um, we get the early slot tomorrow. So a lot of us are going to be waking up early, getting our coffee, and just getting ready for some 49ers football. It's about time. Seriously, it seems like it's been so long. Um, while you guys are here, make sure you hit the like button on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button as well. Hit the follow button if you're watching on Twitter. Um, it really does help. Appreciate you guys. Uh, so we're going to get right into things. Before we can get into previewing the game, though, there was a bit of some roster news that happened mm-hmm. earlier today, which some people, I, I assume you, Matt, were expecting. <laughs> but unfortunately, the 49ers announced that they moved often injured receiver Jalen Hurd to the injured reserve and promoted forever 49er corner Dante Johnson to the active roster. Does it surprise you at all? No. No, at this point, I don't think that there's anybody that can really kind of defend what's going on with with Jalen Hurd. At at this point, he's just so often injured that, like, there's no point in – relying on him for anything um somebody in our chat was like hey maybe they just give him an injury designation just get him out of here you know yeah. but uh, you know and that that's very well possible i don't think they're going to do it because they're in love with his talent the issue is he's never available and you know when we hear stories of them going into the draft to specifically draft guys that had a clean injury history i just kind of keep that in mind in the back of my head that, like they kept jalen hurd knowing that he was struggling with knee pain and knowing that he may or may not be available. I mean, like, you know, as soon as he was in against the Raiders and he made that first catch, like my Twitter notifications started going off. Jalen Hurts back. He's going to make the 53. He's finally going to make an impact. And I'm just sitting here going like, wait, guys, today doesn't matter. Tomorrow and the next day matters when he's recovering from the soreness and everything like that. And it just turned out that that one game was enough, you know, to just, I mean, just completely – completely just, you know, kill off any hope that he had of, of playing. And, it, you know, it's it's unfortunate. But this is, this is you know, on pattern for the team. And I just want to go over this. So t- minus Fred Warner and maybe Trey Sermon, I mean, this team has just whiffed on every single third-round pick they've had. C.J. Beathard, Akella Witherspoon, Tarvarius Moore, who's been like a depth player, but not what you'd expect out of a third-round guy. Jalen Hurd. Ambry Thomas this year has looked like he's struggling. So the third round has not been kind to the 49ers outside of that one glorious Fred Warner pick. And we'll, you know, jury's out on Trey Sermon. He looks pretty good. But this is something that the regime definitely needs to improve upon because being one, maybe two out of seven on your third round picks is just not going to cut the mustard when you're trying to fill roster depth. And this just goes to show that. You know, the best ability is availability, and you can have all the talent in the world. But if you're not scouting for the for the right things and you're not looking at the right things, you can definitely whiff. And I, this is just another big whiff in the third round for the 49ers. It's tough, man, because it's like going into this coaching staff in front office, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan. We knew that first draft there wasn't any experience in, you know, being the, the head guys in scouting and stuff like that. But they do have a team of experienced scouts that I know are, you know, do a good job in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So it's really tough if Kyle has that final say. Is he overriding? Which we saw people like Matt Miller, which a lot of people don't really, you know, 
respect their takes or stuff like that. But say some of these 49ers scouts are kind of bummed that they're kind of being overlooked because Kyle Shanahan has the final say and they like he likes X player more than their player. I know this take kind of came out a lot more when the whole Mac uh, Jones Miller was coming out saying that the entire scouting team is saying, oh, it's either Joseph Fields or uh, Zach uh, Wilson, and they, they really like Mac Jones. That was kind of what I heard it the most, but maybe there is something there where Kyle Shanahan is just standing on these table for the, standing on the table for these guys like Jalen Hurd. Um, I don't know. It's it's tough to say. I hope Trey Sermon turns out because it's about time yeah. they need a hit there. It's you know it's funny and you know let's not forget. I mean he was a fourth round pick, but you know Joe Williams was a guy that Kyle came out in the media and talked about. Man, that's my guy. I would have felt sick if we didn't go up and trade for him. And then he like never played. And it's just embarrassing. Um, I just, you know, if this season does not go as well as expectations would dictate this season goes, I don't think that Kyle gets fired, but you might see them kind of pull back on, Hey, Kyle, we're going to take the draft out of your hands. Cause it hasn't been working. It, it, you're going to see these like little baby measures. And I've never been of the opinion that coaches should have the like the def. I mean, they should have a say, but to override an entire scouting department is a little rough. Like when you're making essentially all the personnel decisions, which is what's been rumored. Again, I don't know if it's true, but I wouldn't be surprised. You that's a lot to put on your plate. I mean, besides developing game plans and trying to you know specifically create roles for players and scheming your offense because the team doesn't have an offensive coordinator. That's a lot on Kyle Shanahan's plate. And so I don't think I'd be the most upset in the world if they kind of took the draft away and just let him focus on, hey, look, if you absolutely don't want somebody, then speak up. But like, if it's close between these two guys, we're going to defer to the scouting because, you know, we've gone to bat for your guys over and over and over again. It just doesn't seem to work out. Not only that, but it's like the first time head coach Kyle Shanahan, if it's a guy like, a Bill Belichick who's earned it over an entire career of, you know, proving himself, then it's a little more understandable. But you brought Kyle Shanahan in for a first time head coaching gig, and now they're like, okay, you have final say over everything. Yeah. I think you're onto something there, Matt. Maybe they need to kind of make him earn that before you just defer everything to him right away. Um, Jed York was probably just so starstruck. I don't want to say starstruck, but so happy to have somebody well, in that's reputable. Yeah, you get a young up-and-coming coach and you're still living with the bill for Jim Tomsula and Chip Kelly every time you you know go to get somebody. You want to make sure that you you try to hit a home run. And Kyle's name was just at the top of everybody's lists in terms of coordinators. And so Jed really had to make that pitch, that hard pitch, and being able to kind of, hey, you know, you're going to have a say on who we bring in as a GM or like you have a say on who you want to pick. Those are just the extra accoutrements that go with, you know, the, the main dish being served. And it's his ability to make a little bit extra sales pitch that, you know, Kyle has even said, man, I almost skipped the 49ers meeting because the team was bad and I just didn't whatever, whatever. And he kind of alluded to the fact that the meeting went really well and super smooth. To me, that just means that Jed kind of told him all the little sweet nothings in his ear that he, he really wanted to hear, you know, oh, roster control. Yeah. Oh, last say on draft decisions. So that's really what it comes down to to me. But I just think at that at this point, we've seen a lot. I mean, their late round selections are fantastic. And what that is to me is a sign that that's the scouting department doing their due diligence past the point that Kyle 
has the ability or the desire to care about. And so a lot of their later round picks are hitting because the scouting department's doing their job, but these upfront picks that Kyle is hammering for aren't hitting. And I think that's because Kyle is a little bit too involved in the kitchen in the recipe. And he's, you know, he's putting a little too much salt in there. And it's up to it's up to Jed York to be like, hey, no, you need to go sit down and wait for dinner to be served. And then we can talk about, you know, whatever else we need to do. But it's just it's unacceptable. I mean, the the level of misses and second round and fourth round are much better, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just looking at the first round picks since they got here. Uh, Solomon Thomas, we all know, was our first first round pick of their regime. Ruben Foster, yep. Mike McGlinchey, yep. Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw, Brandon Ayuk, and this year Trey Lance. Let's say Kinlaw, Ayuk, Trey Lance. Obviously, those three we can't fully grade. I don't know. I mean, Kinlaw. It's disappointing that he's not playing mm-hmm. this weekend. That that's a little bit of a bummer to me. And he keeps coming out and saying like, "I'm not injured," and it's like clearly you are. Maybe you don't have like a a diagnosable um a diagnosable injury. Uh maybe you have some intractable pain that like there's no specific physiological reason for it. It's just something is bothering you. But at the same time, you can't tell me that he's healthy because he's on the injury report. Yeah. And you think that the the 14th pick or 13th pick, whatever he was last year, would be in the game and ready to go for a sophomore season. There's just yeah. no there's no reason for him to be missing unless there was something going on. And you're obviously not healthy enough to play. So it's just a weird disconnect that he's coming out on his socials and saying, I'm not injured. It's like, well, okay, what is it then? Is it something else <laughs> going on or what? Because you know, you're not out there. And I mean, with how deep this team goes, it's not the end of the world, you know. It, Bosa and Ford are both, you know, healthy and they're they're gonna play some some snaps. So um, I just wonder though, because Kinlaw unfortunately is stuck with the specter of being, oh, we traded away DeForest Buckner for this guy, and he's inexplicably going to be tied to that pick forever for that trade forever to Buckner forever. And anytime Buckner does anything, all the people you know in 49ersville who are armchair drafting just the, their hackles raised up and they're like, see, I told you so. I'm gonna put it online. You guys suck and. The jury's out, but I mean, you can only defend a guy for so long. He needs to be playing. Yeah. And, and we talked about this when he posted that Instagram story saying, you know, like, I don't yeah. have any injury or whatever. And I even asked in our group chat, I said, is a knee flare up if that's even what it is technically considered an injury? Like, I don't right. know. It's, I don't such, know. it's such a nondescript thing, right? Yeah. Like knee flare up. Okay. What does that mean? What flared up? You know? Yeah. Is it a soft tissue injury? Is it inflammation that the dreaded you know blanket term inflammation which means absolutely nothing tendonitis you know like ricky racer is saying I, you know what's you know, what's root cause yeah it's so. it's tough it's tough uh scott says i think sometimes they try to pick the best fit for their system instead of the best player available at a certain position i aaron banks says otherwise because aaron banks does not fit this scheme at all no. He's a heavy footed guy that can't move. And I, I don't know. I think they just fall in love with certain traits more so than scheme fit. I don't even think that they, you know, maybe it's a trait that fits the scheme and they're like, well, we can build everything else. I think Kyle is a little too confident in his developmental abilities. And to be honest, I don't know who he's really developed. That's all that great. So we'll, we'll see. 
But Definitely I think will. <laughs> it, you know, I think it's more I think it's more, oh, Banks is a mauler in the run game. I like to run. So let's draft him. When you got guys like Creed Humphrey, who's looking like a stud for Kansas City, who were in the draft. Yep. And even if you pick up like an Alex Mack, you draft somebody like Creed Humphrey, put him at right guard for a year or two until Mack is gone. And then he goes back to his natural position. And it's like he never left. You can work interior. If you're an interior guy, moving right or left isn't the biggest deal in the world and probably is a relief because you don't have to have your head down trying to figure out where you're snapping the ball. And it gives you a little head heads up, you know, action. And he's used to calling protections. He knows what the schemes would be. So I was hammering for Creed Humphrey the entire offseason as like a potential late first round, second round guy. Maybe they trade back up, but you know, it didn't work out that way. And they went with Aaron Banks, who's out with a shoulder injury. And it's just their drafting is just man. I'll, I'll just tell you this. If Trey Lance doesn't work out, they're both gone. Easy. I can see that. Yeah. Easy. I can definitely see that. Um, speaking of, you know, kind of draft day miss, I don't want to say misses yet, but Asante Samuel Jr. this week won the starting gig in, in with the Chargers and yeah. the 49ers draft, uh, excuse me, traded back. And I believe they drafted Aaron Banks, right? Instead mm-hmm. of where they could have taken yeah. Asante Samuel Jr. It's just a tough, a tough blow, man. But it's like we said, a little too easy to tell this season for these rookies. So with all that being said, Matt, let's get into this first game of the year. Yes. I'm so excited to talk about this. Yes. Um, and real quick, I, I just want to respond to Joey Arredondo. Uh-huh. So he says, I agree with traits thing. Kittle hardly caught any balls in college, but all we heard after that was draft was spark score and three cone. And thankfully that worked out. The reason I think that worked out is because I think it was too late for Kyle to be really in on those picks. Like I said a little bit earlier, I definitely think that that was Adam Peters and crew doing their jobs like they're supposed to without Kyle getting in their way. And it's why a lot of the 49ers later round picks, those five, fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks have actually contributed above the station that you would expect for those picks or why their undrafted free agents have been able to come in and make an impact. It's because I think that once you get like out of the top 50, top 100, the head coach is too busy to be following all those people, you know, like, like, the Trey Lance draft is perfect. Is the perfect uh, allegory to that where Kyle didn't even go on the first pro days. Everyone waited. For, he, he only went on the second pro days when his scouts came back and, and talked to him about it. And then he's like, okay, well I'll go watch these guys for myself now. And that was with your future quarterback. You know, he's just too busy to go to a pro day means that you probably should have hands off in the draft. And that's why I think the late round picks work out better. But anyway, let's, let's yeah. jump into uh Let's jump into this preview for tomorrow. Let's do it. Uh, real quick, two comments, Niner Game Podcast. Dion has been added to the 49ers Hive team. Go subscribe to Niner Game Podcast. Absolutely. Great, great content. Dion's um, a great listen. Go go yeah. give him your love and support. Um, he's he's fantastic at, at producing content. We had him on the on the red and gold standard um, not too long ago, and he just he hit it out of the park. So he knows his stuff. Also, yeah, we're, grow- this is- we're growing our family, so we need we need everybody's support on that. Exactly. This comment, I think, got taken out of context a little bit. Where Banks thing is Aaron worrying. Aiko said he might be benched all year long. He might be inactive all year long. Correct. Um, that doesn't mean that he's going to be injured, but if they feel comfortable with their rotation, they don't have to rush Banks. They're not going to. And in my opinion, it might be better if he is inactive and they just have like a special coach just working with him on the side. Because he really needs to develop his footwork. 
And if he can get just like that 10% increase out of his footwork that we saw from like Jawan Jennings, he'll be a contributor and he'll mm-hmm. be able to replace whoever's at right guard. It's just he really desperately needs to quicken his feet up a little bit. Yeah, I agree. All right. You got like you got like two slow-footed dinosaurs on that right side, Banks and McGlinchey. Both have terrible <laughs> feet. And I'm like, what are you guys doing drafting these guys? Right. All right, let's get into this game, Matt. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter, but Trey Lance is active and he will play. Yep. yep. What are you looking forward to? Let's start with Jimmy. What are you looking forward to seeing with Jimmy uh, Sunday against the Lions? Not a slow start is what I'm hoping for out of Jimmy. He's traditionally had very bad week ones, very bad like early seasons. Just to, uh, you know, again, the Minnesota game, three picks, the Tampa Bay pick six, like on on a throw out to the flat. Uh, that was just inexcusable and just like a really flat game. And then last year, the Arizona Cardinals game, he was just super flat and the offense couldn't get going. And we dropped that one. The 49ers need to come out of this with a win. I mean, the, the first two weeks, they need to win these two games. It's just they're two eminently beatable teams. And so they need to go in and handle business. It's your big like back to back roadie where, you know, the you know, maybe, oh, are they staying in Youngstown, Ohio or whatever? Like, right. It's right off the bat. So if you can get those two games out, uh, you know, early, it's their 10 a.m. starts on the east. Well, Midwest and East Coast, then you, you can kind of move past that. Get ready for Green Bay on Sunday night. And then, boom, there there goes your season. But it's just it's, you know, Jimmy has to come out with a strong start. It, he's going to set the tempo. And his play is going to dictate how long it takes Trey Lance to take over the starting job. Um, if he's playing well, that's going to push Lance back a little bit. And that means that the team is winning. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. But if he comes out to a slow start and they're sitting in the third quarter and, you know, Jared Goff is just hanging around and Jimmy's not doing the, the job and he's got, you know, one or two of those Jimmy throws that we all see and cover our eyes for, then, you know, they might have to accelerate the Lance timeline, which – if Lance isn't ready, that's not necessarily that much better. He'll bring an athletic aspect to the table, but you know, these are two games that they have to win. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing Jimmy Garoppolo do his best to separate himself and solidify his spot as the starting quarterback. We'll right. see some sprinkles of Trey Lance, but I want to see Jimmy, this fiery Jimmy motivated Jimmy that we've been hearing about for the past uh, what three months or so? Right. Let's see it. Now it's time to go. And I, if I remember correctly, I believe the Lions. I was looking up their injury report here. Um, I think they're going to be without their top two corners, if I'm not mistaken. I know Jeff Okuda is injured, and I forget who their backup corner was. But I mean, Jeff, o- Jeff Okuda had a really rough rookie year, though. Like Jeff Okuda was not good. <laughs> no, so. he wasn't. But. Tommy Huxley says he's nervous about the trap game and he thinks tomorrow's the trap game. Tomorrow is not the trap game. If your first game of the season is a trap game, you're poorly coached. <laughs> yeah, that's the first game. That's the only thing you're you're focusing on. So That's what they've been l- working on game planning for two weeks on. You better not come out flat in that game. So this is uh, the Detroit Lions and 49ers injury report. Taylor Decker is out. With a finger injury. Oh my God. Nick Bosa is going to feast. Whoever. So if they move, so they might move Panay Sewell over to the left tackle spot, which means that D Ford would start feasting too. Mm -hmm. And and I I mean, that's not even to say that Nick Bosa just doesn't, you know, 
knock Sewell's dick in the dirt for his first NFL game. So, <laughs> All right. Continuing on, Michael Brockers is questionable. Uh, Levi, I'm, I'm on Winzerki. I've never pronounced that name before. Questionable. A.J. Parker, questionable. Nick Williams, questionable. And uh, Darren Fells, T.J. Hawkinson, and DeAndre Swift all on the injury report, shoulder-to-shoulder and groin injury, however, with no game status. For the 49ers, Kevin Givens, questionable. Obviously, Jalen Hurd moved to IR. And Kinlaw and Mosley are doubtful, both with knee injuries. Mm -hmm. We spoke about Kinlaw already, Matt. Um, Yeah. Is the Mosley injury concerning to you, the fact that he probably won't play? It's why they signed Josh Norman and why when they put Hurd on IR, they activated Dante Johnson. So – I don't think either of those guys are going to play tomorrow just because, again, field turf is a little bit of a sticky situation. Might as well give them an extra week of rest and bring them back for a what I feel it's a tougher Philadelphia team than a Detroit team. Detroit's a bad football team. And Colin Cowherd was coming out, and you know he took he took Detroit in an upset special, not to win outright, but he bets against you know the the spread or whatever. The, the point differential seven and a half. I do think that's a little rich, just because it's week one of the NFL season and giving up more than a touchdown on the road is really weird. But no doubt about it, this team, this Detroit team is really really bad. So they don't. I mean, they don't have any any good wide receivers either. Like, who's their best uh-huh. wide receiver? I think their best wide receiver is is their their rookie right Amon Ross St. Brown I think it's I think so guy. yeah so how are that you know if DeAndre Swift is on the is on the injury report without a designation he's probably going to play TJ Hawkinson it's a decent tight end and then you have Amon Ross St. Brown it's not exactly a long list of playmakers that are just going to burn you up and down the field you're not facing Tampa Bay who has any number of ways to get you it's not Kansas City right and then you have Nick Bosa and D Ford both out on the field, both frothing at the mouth like rabid dogs wanting to get after that quarterback. It's going to be a long day for Jared Goff without his starting left tackle and no playmakers. And then you add that there's no corner support on the outside. I don't know what Cowherd was smoking, but this should be a fairly easy win for the 49ers. I agree. Um, Callies and Zach, that shirt is fire. Yeah, shout out to uh, Brooks Bros Media, Juan and Quan. I just got this yesterday, so I figured I'd throw it on. I got a Nick Bosa one too. You guys should go check them out. They got some really cool merch. Um, yeah, man. I, I think the 49ers, especially with the injuries to the Lions, it would be a huge upset if they weren't yeah. able to take advantage of this. Um, I think they should be able to. Now, we talk about Jimmy Matt. What about Trey yeah. Lance? What about the rookie? What are you looking forward to seeing in him tomorrow? He, he's going to get 10 to 15 snaps. I think they're going to play him a little conservatively just because of that finger still healing. What I want to see out of Trey Lance is him not just to come in and run the read option. He needs to have plays where he is definitively just throwing the ball. I think that's important because if you only have Lance on the read option, it becomes something predictable, right? Then all of a sudden, hey, your corners aren't necessarily like on their heels waiting for those playmakers of the 49ers on the outside and George Kittle to do something. They're keying on the run. Uh, And I don't think that it does anything to help Trey Lance's development. I know Trey Lance can run read option. I know that Trey Lance is athletic. What I want to see is development throwing the football, particularly from the shotgun. Um, it's something that he's not particularly good at. Run one or two shotgun plays for him. Then if you want to get him under center, do that. I don't even think read option is, is the best thing that he does. Um, I like play action and, and boots from Trey Lance. I feel like getting him out in space 
like Kansas City does with Patrick Mahomes is actually the better way to go. But I understand from a developmental point, while you have a, a veteran like Jimmy that can start the game and kind of carry the load, get Lance out there and not necessarily set him up for failure, but give him live game reps in situations that he may or may not be comfortable with that he'll have to do once he's the full-time starter. It's just a little bit more development each week. And then you put a little more on his plate and a little more on his plate. And before you know it, his skill set has actually bumped back up. He'll have knocked the rust off of all the aspects of his game that he hasn't really been able to run since he was at North Dakota state um, going so long between playing football games and he'll just be all the better for it when he finally does take over for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing, like you said, just kind of, it seemed like we got a very, very condensed and almost like Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, it's preseason. You don't want to tip your hat too much. Now that it's actual season, I want to see what we get to see from Trey Lance. Zach, I hate you for putting that up. <laughs> Take it down. There you get go. out of here. I'm not even reading it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, Trey Lance, I want to see, just like you said, Matt, let's see him stand in the pocket and make some throws. I don't want to just see the kind of trick plays once you get inside the end zone. I want to get him to get some real game time experience. And what I'm really interested to see is what if the 49ers get up big late in the game? Does Kyle leave Trey in for an extended period of time? Do they stick with Jimmy and only sporadically still continue to play Lance? I think that will be kind of really interesting to see if they're up. If If it was me, what they should do is, is let Lance get a lot of snaps. You know, if they're up, if they're up by three touchdowns in the second half, just pull Jimmy. One, you're limiting his risk of injury, and two, you're getting Lance valuable snaps that he can use going forward. So it makes more sense if they, if they're up big, or even you know, I mean, if they're down big, it might just be Trey Lance time anyway. But if they're up big, yeah, give Lance some snaps. If they're down big. That would be that would be huge. That'd be very bad. <laughs> um, all right, now moving back on. We I heard from a report from Raheem Mosher, he was quoted talking about how much muscle he's put on and he's really excited for the fans to go out there and see what he can do now with the added weight. I know you are particularly the biggest Raheem Mostert fan, but what are you looking forward to seeing tomorrow from Mostert? Um, him not getting injured. Like it's cool to put muscle on and stuff, but um, you know, the injuries is what his biggest issue is. And maybe he thinks that adding muscle is going to help him with the injuries, but I just hope that he. Ted, come on now. Don't be surprised. <laughs> if we don't see Lance at all. Stop. Kyle has definitively, I'm sorry to go off on tangent, but Kyle has definitively said they're having a Trey Lance package. He's going to play. I don't, that's, it's a weird thing to say. Anyway, Raheem Mostert, you know, you need to maintain flexibility and explosiveness with that added muscle. Just because you got a little bigger in the gym doesn't necessarily translate to being able to be more available on the field. So um, it'll it'll be interesting. He looked really good in his limited preseason action against the Raiders. And so if he can come out and be the Raheem Mostert that everybody was excited about in the playoffs, all the better for it. Because I do think that Trey Sermon is going to be knocking on that door. I agree. Um, it's a really crowded running back room so Mm -hmm. kind of similar to what's going on with jimmy and and trey what can raheem do to kind of solidify his spot right and i think that like i think so i think raheem's going to lead the team in carries i think it's going to be like 12 to 15 carries for him i think sermon's going to get eight to ten and then you'll have you know 
Hasty coming in for some spot duty or whatever, for, you know, five to seven carries or whatever. Um, and I think that that's going to be by design. Rotate the running backs to keep them fresh. Uh, limit the amount of contact that they're taking. So hopefully you can get them deeper into the season. Get Trey Sermon out there and learning on the go. Let's not forget Elijah Mitchell, who's still on the team as well. Um, you know, I, I just think that they're going to do running back by committee and really kind of even if Raheem Mostert is getting the bulk of the bulk of the carries, um, which to me is 40 to 50 percent of the carries. They're rotating these guys. There's no bell cow back on this team. There's not going to I don't think there's going to be a thousand yard rusher on this team. I don't think that's the way that Kyle likes to do it. So to me, as long as you can get your guys healthy, as long as you're using them in situations that aren't really obvious, I feel like that the difference between Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman, Tevin Coleman was put in on spot plays where it was really obvious, like what the 49ers were trying to do, you know, formations that were really easy to kind of, oh, okay, they're probably running out of this or whatever. Um, The run game became a little bit predictable. We always joked about it, right? It's like Raheem, you know, Raheem comes in, he gets like eight yards. And then it's Tevin Coleman. It's like negative two yards in a cloud of dust. You know, it's just, there needs to be a better rotation in. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And, yeah. and don't overlook. Um, I know that JR Meadows is saying number 44 is that guy blocking. Don't overlook, you know, use check being used for like two or three plays on wheel routes or on, you know, handoffs in short mm-hmm. yarded situation. Yeah. He's extremely valuable there. Uh, Josh up says, do you guys think we could beat the bucks if we had to, if we had to play versus them in the playoffs? Um, too soon hard to, to say right now. Yeah, it's going to depend on what what the state of everybody's health is. So mm-hmm. We don't know, but I will say that, I see. will say this: they have an embarrassment of riches in Tampa Bay. It's, I mean, if yeah. Antonio Brown is back to his like Pittsburgh form, the league's in trouble. Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. They're they're a good team to beat. Tough team to beat. Excuse me. Really good team. And when Tom Brady is playing like he has an age today in ten years. It's kind of crazy, but yeah. Uh, listen, Tom Brady is a freak. Yeah, <laughs> that and like when when he first came out, I didn't even think he had that good of an arm, but he threw some like lasers mm-hmm. last night. I mean, he's got more velocity on it than you'd expect. Which almost like going back, I know Tom was super salty and he was like, "Get Jimmy Garoppolo out of here." But then you look at how they throw the ball, and I'm like, Jimmy Garoppolo could never replace Tom Brady. No, no. It's yeah, and paired with Bruce Arians, hell of a team, man. Really Bruce did. Arians looked like he was even coaching last night. I feel like Tom was just like <laughs> Tom and Byron Leftwich were just like vibing with each other. Like, all right, this is what we're doing. It's crazy. They how, look really good, though. Yeah, it's crazy how Arians just kind of lucked into that whole situation. He took the job with Jameis Winston, and then Tom and his whole situation in New England happened, and he's like, "Hey, come down here. We'll take care of you." But props, but props to Arians for developing Byron Leftwich as a play caller. Oh, yeah. I think that's super important. And Byron Leftwich is quickly becoming a rising superstar. Um, and it's it's always interesting how these like mid-level guys, in terms of starting NFL quarterback talent, you know, Byron Leftwich, Kellen Moore, Frank Reich, you know, Doug Peterson, all these like former quarterbacks, right? That didn't necessarily play that much or weren't even that talented just have this aptitude for coaching same thing i mean tony romo was 
obviously better than all these guys, but the way that he breaks down plays when you listen to him on CBS, that mind for the game is just something mm-hmm. crazy that just can't be duplicated. It's it's just super interesting to see. And then you get the the superstars, and I think the disconnect there is that the superstars have such high expectations that they can't deal with any of the any of the BS. So they like yeah. superstars make the worst coaches, and I'm hoping that Peyton Manning gives it a shot because if anybody could do it, it would be him. But it's it's real funny. It's you know. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, Tom Brady has looked the same for like, you know, Gronk came out and he's like, he's been playing for like 80 years. That's what it feels like. (laughs) It really does. Um, But all right. Enough about the Bucks, which is a really good question, though, because they they did look really good. Shout out to the Cowboys. The Cowboys were actually way more competitive than I thought they would be. Um, With with Zeke not doing a damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Zeke looks kind of washed, man. He hasn't looked good in, in, in a minute. No. To be honest. Um, Pretty bad. Joshua says, I love the Niners, but I don't see us being able to run against them. And I don't think our receivers with Jimmy G can match Brady and theirs. Trey Lance um, might be able to. That's true. But I think Kali points it out real well that, you know, we have a great pass rush, which can get after Brady. And the Bucks do not have a great pass rush. The Bucks have a great rush defense. But if Trey Lance develops as a passer, because let's let's face it, if we're getting to the Super Bowl, it's not going to be with Jimmy Garoppolo. Sorry, but. That's just how it is. You're going to get um, a lot of people mad. Well, I mean, I guess the NFC Championship game. Ah, we can get there with Jimmy. We wouldn't beat the Bucks with Jimmy, that's for sure. Can get there, yeah. Yeah, but I think that if you add Trey Lance's athletic ability on top of if he develops as a passer, then that's where you're going to see the dangerous weapons coming in. But Tampa right now looks real good, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was, you know, if it was Tampa and San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. And this is another cowherd miss, I think, because I think he was predicting Tampa and Green Bay. And I'm like, if we're healthy, Green Bay has nothing for us. Nothing at all <laughs> no, for not us. Not at all. Not at all. Um, okay. Back to the preview, though. Yeah. 49ers receivers appear to be finally healthy without the whatever you want to call Jalen Hurd, um, Ayuk, Debo, Jennings, and yeah. also kind of Sherfield. same subject, Sherfield. Um, Travis Benjamin wasn't promoted from the practice squad. So do we see Ayuk returning punts? I think we see him return one or two, but I did see an Instagram video where Muhammad Sanu had like a jugs machine launching balls over his house and returning them in his backyard. And that to me is the better play. Like let Sanu, like don't, don't put Ayuk at risk. Use Ayuk in, in really obvious situations, but for the most part, just have Sanu do it. Um, I think that there's going to, you know, be the instruction for IUK, hey, man, if you think anybody's by you, just fair catch that bad boy, you know. Um, I would just hate to see IUK back there because let's face it, there's going to be a lot of Detroit punts. So IUK's <laughs> gonna be back there for a lot of plays. Just let Sanu do it. Um, you know, the the blow to the team if Sanu get in, gets injured is not even close to what it would be if IUK got injured. I know they have Elijah Mitchell returning kickoffs, which is something that I thought that they would do anyway. Um, it just makes sense. But, yeah, it, it just – don't put your guy in harm's way if you don't have to. That being said, again, back to that Dallas and Tampa Bay game, they did – Dallas did have CeeDee Lamb back there returning punts. So, you know, mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah, uh, Collie says Benjamin. Benjamin's still on the practice squad. They didn't he's call the, him up. Yeah, he's protected um, on the practice squad, but they didn't activate him for the game. Yeah. 
Uh, Josh, I've said who's starting, Norman or Johnson? Uh, I'd imagine that it's going to be Josh Norman because yeah. even this diminished version of Josh Norman is more talented than Dante Johnson. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Did you see the comments? Norman, by the way? St- Norman started last year for Buffalo. And he did relatively well. I he mean, did, he did pretty good. Like not great, obviously, but like he was in that Sherman ballpark of like, okay, he's kind of washed, but like mm-hmm. he's still a valuable veteran. And Dante Johnson is just he's that he's just the, like the little cockroach that you can't just kill. He's in the corner somewhere, and you're like, man, I know you're here, and I know you're doing something, but I just don't see it. And so, no offense to Dante Johnson, I'm not saying the person is a cockroach. It's just an analogy for anybody who might get upset, but. Yeah, I just it's got to be Norman, you'd think. He just brings he brings more size, he brings more experience, he brings more talent. Um I just don't know why they they would do that. Although with with these level of wide receivers in Detroit, even I feel like even Dante Johnson's going to be you know serviceable. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and by the way, let's not forget that the 49ers have two draft picks ahead of Don- I mean Dante Johnson's coming up off the P squad. So you have Verrett and K1 who are definitely playing. And then you have, all right, maybe Norman starts. But then you have Diamador Lenore, who's like firmly entrenched as that like number three to four corner, interchangeable with Norman. And then Ambry Thomas, who obviously has had his struggles, but the team is really going to want to develop. So, yeah, there's, there's some people ahead of him. Yeah. Tommy Huxley said Norman equals straight off the couch. Norman played last year. He's not straight off the couch. Did you see um, his comments talking about how, you know, he he's so excited to join the Niners? And I mean, maybe this is just whatever filler speak because every player is going to say it. But he right. seemed leg- to legitimately mean it and talk about how, you know, the Niners are an extremely good team, extremely talented, and yeah. he's looking to get a ring. And that's why he chose them. That was interesting. I so I saw the video of him getting the call, and I thought he was a little bit subdued and muted. But then I realized later, watching more of the videos, he was in the middle of an interview when he got the call. <clears throat> and so that makes a little bit of the difference. I was like, man, he doesn't look he doesn't look like he's super excited. But I get the context of the situation it means like, oh, I'm in the middle of this interview. Like, I want to give you your due. So, yeah. Joey says, can the 49ers do what the Browns do? They have a no-name return most punts, but when they absolutely need a play, they put OBJ or Jarvis back there. Yeah, and that goes along with John V's comment of Sanu being slow as hell. Like, it doesn't matter. Listen, Richie James was so terrible that anything else, anything you can get is going to be better than that. It was trash. Tommy Huxley says, Matt, he had no camp, bro. Is he in football shape now? Dude, a lot of players don't have camp. A lot of players don't really have camp. He's a vet. He knows how to keep himself in shape. He hasn't been around in the NFL for 10 years for no reason. Yeah. Veterans specifically, it's kind of, you know, they get veterans better. specifically. I'm not too concerned about that. Um, David Yang says, relatively speaking, punt returners hardly get hurt returning punts. That's true. Unless they don't fair catch in a situation where they should, they generally don't. And, and you know, it's just you have to weigh risk versus reward. Special teams is definitely by far the, the redheaded stepchild of the three phases of football, right? Like in terms of returning punts, obviously field position, starting field position matters. But with the way that the NFL rules work now and players just letting the ball bounce in the end zone and taking it at the 25 and with, you know, the way that 
the onside kick has been nerfed and the way that kicking off the ball where you can only have X number of players on each side of the kicker, that's been nerfed. Um, you know, punt returns where you can't, what is it? You can't double team a gunner, I think, is the rule. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to double team a gunner anymore. They've kind of softened this up because they're really worried about player safety and and players getting a full head of steam and causing a lot of those injuries that you really see, you know, a guy getting blown up because he didn't fair catch the ball when he should have. Um, in that aspect of it, I totally get it. But again, it's risk versus reward. Are you going to get big plays out of it? Occasionally you might, but is it worth the risk for Ayuk if he, for whatever reason, doesn't see a guy or whatever? Because it's hard to account for, all right, who's running at which, you know, which way, how far away are they? Okay, the ball is at its zenith right now. I need to figure out which way the wind's blowing, if I need to adjust left or right. There's a lot that goes into it that a lot of people don't think about, and it makes it a little more difficult than – and that's why you see a lot of uh, fumbles on punt returns, yeah. especially because of that. So I just think that it's not worth the risk to IU when a, when he has the potential to be wide receiver one for us and develop into that this year. I'm more concerned with with IU you know, holding on to passes and stuff like that. He's no Jamar Chase with his excuses, but, you know, I'd like to see him hold on. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you see that Jamar Chase thing? I, according to him, it was taken out of context. He said they asked him what the difference was between college gotcha. and NFL balls, and he just said, without the white stripe, it's harder to see. The, the, the NFL ball is actually a little bit bigger, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tommy Huxley says that the defensive line is on point tomorrow. Secondary is going to get multiple picks. Yeah, and Let's there's going to so. be some strip sacks and stuff too. I feel like, yeah, because golf golf is a statue. He ain't going anywhere. And if nope. those guys can't get open, they're in trouble, man. That's that's what makes the cowherd thing so weird to me. He's like blazing five upset special Detroit, and I'm like, what do you just look at the personnel? He's only looking at the line score, and he's not looking at the personnel. And I'm just like, they have nothing for him. Yeah. Uh, Melissa says, everyone wants to nail down when Trey Lance becomes a quarterback. My question is, when does Hufanga get his spot? We stop crossing our fingers for Tart to be available. Well, Tart's available. He's going to play. He's going to start. It's just a matter of if it holds up. Yeah. There's no rush for Hufanga. He's a rookie. You don't need to necessarily get him in there. He's a sure-handed tackler. He's actually going to be really valuable in special teams, in my opinion, as a gunner. I think he's going to be really nice. So um, making tackles out there, that's the thing that you want. Like a lot of – a lot of these guys get a lot of run early and, you know, really pick up things by being able to get out there and get on special teams and make an impact. And so if we have a situation where he can force a fumble or get a big hit deep in enemy territory, then he's doing the job that we need him to do at this point. Um, and this is probably going to be the last season of Tart here. So yeah. there's opportunity for him next year, but there's no rush to necessarily get a rookie out there. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. He's got a nose for the ball. Seems to be a good playmaker. Let's let him kind of develop at his own pace. When we feel that he's ready to take the change, they'll make the change. Uh, yeah. Kali says, going back to Tampa, Fred Warner could also cover Gronk. I don't know if it was just me. I don't know if all y'all saw it, but Gronk looks like slow. Yeah. Gronk looks pretty, pretty slow. slow. Since he came back, he looks like yeah. not very fast at all. Coward is the Hawks fan. Is he really? I didn't. I didn't know that. He's yeah. He's he's from the Seattle area. Like he was born there or whatever. So I mean, I'm not gonna hate on a guy for who his fans whose fandom is because he <laughs> he, sh- he he shot on 
he shat on Pete Carroll for the whole Russell Wilson thing earlier too. So it's not like he's not above criticizing or whatever. He's pretty. He's pretty objective. I, I like that about him. Yeah. Uh, hung fast. Do we well get in certain things? He's definitely he's definitely anti Baker Mayfield. Yeah, there, but, that's. I mean that's, that that's personal. That's the axe to grind right there. He's just that's like no. Personal. Yeah, I'll never. That's not something that's just like, oh, I don't like the guy. No, he literally does not like Baker. When Seems Baker like was on his show, I thought they were gonna. F- I thought Baker <laughs> was gonna like fight him. There was so much tension; it was so awkward. It was. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna do our final score predictions. Yeah, when we wrap up. That's the last thing we do with the preview shows. Um, any the the back to the game. I know we keep getting off track because the comments here, Matt, but. Tight I know end. this one's hard too. Tommy Huxley fight on Trojans, baby. Hufanga beat UCLA himself last season. Listen, the Pac-12 has come up. Oregon beat Ohio State today. UCLA beat LSU last week. Like, what is happening? Yeah, Pac-12 football, baby. Cow turd. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, tight ends. Let's go. Yeah, uh, George Kittle, Ross Dwelly. How much yeah. uh, action do you expect from them tomorrow? Kittle's gonna smoke that defense. Kittle's itching to get out there and play. Like you could tell that catch that he had against the Raiders and he just like pinballed two defenders. You're just like, okay, George is ready to go. We don't have to worry about him. He's going to get out there and do his thing. And they just, I don't see what they have. Detroit is like a bottom three NFL roster in my opinion. And I don't think that Dan Campbell, I mean, I think Dan Campbell's over his skis. He, all his press conferences are just like, why would you say that? Yeah. So I just don't, I don't know. Maybe they'll buy into that rah-rah Kool-Aid for a little bit, but I don't think it's going to last. <laughs> Finding the kneecaps and everything in yeah. the huddle or in the in the uh, pile. Yeah, Joey, I, I, I think- Joey, I agree. Baker's undraftable hoodie was fire that show. That was so sick. But yeah. anyway. It's really personal, I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, I think Kittle's going to go off, especially, you know, Jimmy, it seems like, likes to hit in the middle of tight ends a lot more than hitting the corners of the field, the sides of the field where the receivers typically are. Kittle's probably going to have a nice game. I can't even think of the lions linebackers right now. Who's probably going to be on him. If not their corners, they're already, they have a little bit of defensive talent. It's not anything super special though. Like you can't look at, you know, you can't off the top of your head go, Oh, this person's super legit. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, I think, look, the, the 49ers, I think it's just a complete mismatch up and down the board, offensively, defensively. They're, they, they're on a whole nother level than the Lions, two different trajectories. If they do their job, this should be yeah. a relatively easy win to start off. And that's, and that's the thing, right? I feel like it would be a little bit disappointing if the Niners didn't win by double digits. Mm-hmm. It'd be exactly. like, wait, what happened? So. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the hard part of expectations. You have to go in there and you have to meet those expectations. I think that Kyle does a really good job of keeping his guys a little, you know, a little held back a little bit from those expectations. Don't read your own press clippings. Don't. And Kyle, after a couple of years of, of just slow starts, is probably going to be on those guys too. Hey, dude, we got to jump out fast on this. Yeah. So. Victor Ariana says promo code HAM. Shout out to Haberman and Middlecoff. Yep. Great, great podcast. They're great. They're fantastic. I love listening to John Middlecoff. He just he goes off. I love it. Yeah. Call says, do you think Cleveland has a chance against KC? Just curious. Um, I mean, they're very talented. They got a it, chance. That's, <laughs> they have they have a chance. Um I think it's gonna be a close game. I think it's gonna be inside of a touchdown either way. 
they've they've taken them pretty close to beating them uh, recently within the last couple of years, including in the playoffs. Yeah. So it could. But somehow, somehow, Casey came away with like an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. They were able to completely restock that offensive line, and I'm just like, how did that happen? These, I don't know, man. It's like Seattle had. They got run. Joe Thune. They picked up yeah. Creed Humphreys. Yep. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like Seattle had the run in the early 2010s. KC seemed to be on a run yeah. right now, where it's like, well, kind of, but they also didn't score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. And well, we're six minutes away from yeah. losing against us. And that's like, that's supposed to be like the next great team. There's a lot of holes in that, in that Kansas city team. Their defense is not that great. And people talk about honey badger and they talk about, you know, Chris Jones and they talk about, uh, uh, Frank Clark or whatever, but there's a lot of question marks in that second, like their, their cornerbacks are not great. But the thing is when you have a Patrick Mahomes, you don't necessarily need. Uh, yeah. The thing I'll say about five. Patrick Mahomes, though, is since his MVP season, have you noticed that more and more he makes some really like, what the hell was that throws? Yeah. 100%. Like in the preseason, he had one that was just like, why would you even try to throw that? Just throw it out of bounds, dude. Like, just just get the three points. And it He's was a thinking pick. about that, uh, that viral. Yeah. What was that tweet from like the ESPN yeah. account? Yeah. yeah. I have noticed and it's that. just like, he makes some plays that, you know, because he's so immensely talented, he can get away with a lot of that stuff. But it's, it's some of those things where you just like, dang, man, imagine if Jimmy threw that pass. Yeah, We'd be like, get him out of here. And he can get away with it because he'll he'll give you those plays. And overall, he's very, very talented. He just, he makes, he's a gunslinger. And he has that Brett Favre mentality of, I can get it there. So, you know. It, that's why it was funny when everybody was breaking down Trey Lance and they're like, oh, man, he threw this behind or, oh, man, he shouldn't have made this throw. And I'm like, dude, that's what Patrick Mahomes does like every week. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah. And you guys love him for it. Yep. Um, all right. Let's get into some of our bold predictions and then we'll wrap it up with the final score yep. prediction and um, defensive and offensive MVP prediction. Newbie, mm-hmm. newbie, I assume, or is that Nubel Nubel? I don't know. Ask how long does Trey play? 12 to 15 snaps. Yeah, going to be mixed in. Yeah. Joe Staley's just on here with a middle cough. Sweet. Love that Joe is getting into the analytical side of it. I think he's going to be a big asset. Yeah. Speaking uh, of Josh, which, shout out to Drew Brees, who acquitted himself well on that NBC broadcast. He like, was even good. My wife, even my wife was like, yeah, Drew just fits in. Yeah, he was He was good. He was Very nice. good. Uh, Joey asks, do we see many exotic looks from Miko Ryan's this game, or does he keep it pretty simple? I think Ryan's likes to blitz, so I think we're going to see some blitzes. Yep. For sure. I and I think he's going to do a good job disguising with, like, you, you know, with press man or, or whatever else. He's going to fake some corner blitzes and things like that. I think he's going to try to keep them on their toes and rattle Jared Goff early. Yeah, Jared Goff, who's, what, three and five or something yeah. like that against the Niners all time? Hey, hey, Collie, we ain't seeing that guy. We ain't seeing Don Burr. <laughs> Collie asks, where's Don Burr, a.k.a. the Lions troll? He's he's disappeared for all time. <laughs> he's gone. He's gone. He ain't coming back, especially. He'll he'll try to come. Like, heaven forbid the Niners lose. That's when he'll come back. But he hasn't been here in months. Yeah. Tommy Huxley with the super chat. Thank you so much, Tommy. Boasted getting six sacks on Goof tomorrow. That's his bulk prediction. Thank you, Tommy. That's a great bold prediction. It. It's a yeah. little bit more bold than mine. I so my first bold prediction. We'll just segue right into it. Bosa gets three sacks and a forced fumble tomorrow. 
Okay. I like it. Uh, my bold prediction is Brandon Ayuk, 125 yards, two touchdowns tomorrow. Okay. I like okay. it. I think he's going right. to catch a touchdown for both quarterbacks. I'll, I'll throw that little extra caveat in there. All one right. One from Jimmy, one from Trey. Um, do you have any – you had a defense. Do you have an offensive one you want to toss in? Yeah. Um, Trey Lance has more total touchdowns than Jimmy Garoppolo tomorrow. Wow. Okay. All right. I like that. Taking advantage of those, those you know, whatever many snaps he the has. The situation. Yeah. Kali asked um, Zach and Matt, what's on the food menu for the game tomorrow? What do you got, Zach? Um, I don't know. I haven't really gave it too much thought. Probably just some burgers and fries. Pizza and brew, baby. Pizza and brew. Yeah. That's what's tough. happening tomorrow. It's a it's a 10 a.m. game. Normally I do wings, but tomorrow we're going and my wife was like, I'll go to your like your good pizza spot. That's like 20, 20 minutes away. She's like, I'll go get you a pizza. And I was like, thank you. I'll do that. <laughs> That's awesome. And then as soon as the slice is in my hand, the cap comes off the bottle. As long as football's on, I'm okay with morning drinking. But (laughs) I don't drink by myself. I only drink in the church of football. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah. I I don't know. I haven't thought about too much. Maybe some some burgers and fries and uh, kick the game, kick the Sunday off, right? NFL kickoff. I'm so excited, man. Oh, I'm super Um, excited. Melissa's bold prediction: George Kittle breaks Sharp's single game reception or single game record. Okay, yards maybe. I think so. Yeah, Shannon Shannon Sharp. Yeah, hell of a record. Coach Timo's bold prediction: two 49ers running backs run for more than 100 yards in the game, and it's over by halftime. Defensive line gets seven sacks on their way to record-breaking season and new sack record. Wow, you guys are really really great with these predictions. I love it. Yeah, I like it. Augie's Davey. pizza, Matt. OGs, get it right, OGs, man. OGs, I, OGs I is pretty good. OGs is pretty good. Um, their 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 breadsticks are pretty good. We don't have OGs up here, so. Oh my gosh, Coach Timo was so anxious to get his his comment read that he he did the super chat. Thank you so much, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Appreciate Thank it. You. If you got another bold prediction or anything else, we'll read it for sure. Absolutely, and I think we're we're trying to get Coach on the show at some point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, get get in touch with us, and we'll get in touch. Oh, with you. Josh up. Josh Norman gets an interception tomorrow and goes off. I like it. I like it. My defensive like it. bold prediction: I think Fred Warner gets a pick six, gives Jared Goff those complete flashbacks of that Sunday night football game from last season. There you go. I think he gets another one on him. Uh, Newble, Newble, Sherfield will leave all receivers. Newbie, newbie. Yards. Is that an I? I can't see. Yeah, it from it's an here. I. Okay, it looks yeah. like an L. Newbie, newbie. Sherfield will leave all receivers in yards against Detroit. The only L tomorrow is going to be for the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> Collie's hungry. Pizza, wings, and potato wedges, plus plus wow. some booze. That's a lot of food. Collie doing it right. I like it. Shit, I need to come over to his house. I know, right? Tweet us some pictures. <laughs> Two hundred fourteen receiving yards. George was five short, or George was five short of breaking. Wow, it George is going to eat. Wow, that's nice. I like Let's it. Let's do it. Hey, cinnamon. How's it going? How are you? Thanks ya? for tuning in. Um, all right, Matt, wrapping things up here. Final yes. score uh, predictions. Yes. Um, so I'm going to obviously – well, not obviously. So this year I'm going to try to, like, make my score predictions and how I would think, like, I would bet the games if I was, like, going to Vegas or whatever. So I think the 49ers get the win tomorrow, um, 27-20. I think they just failed to cover the 7.5 points. 
Um, it's it you know it's it's over early. It's like twenty seven ten in like the third or fourth quarter. They get Lance out there for some garbage time stuff. Goff gets some meaningless BS, and then that's it. Okay. So twenty seven twenty forty niners for me. Throw your scores in that. By the way, we're doing the same thing again. Throw your scores in the chat. If you get the score correct, you get some merch. Yep, exactly. Drop your predictions. 45 um, to 10 for Coach Timo. I like that's, it. That's a hell of a win. That's drop your predictions. Bold, bold. Good luck. If you get it right, we'll send you some free merch. Yeah. Um, if you're watching this after we're live, drop a comment on our YouTube. Tweet them yep. at us. Get your predictions to us whatever way you can. It just has to be before the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the only thing we ask. 27 10 from Ted. I like it. Some people like tweeting at me when there's like four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. With the I'm like, no, 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 we're not yeah, doing yeah, this. Yeah. We're not doing no, this. No, no, no. Um, before before kickoff, 31 yeah. 10 from David Yang. Let's see. John V, 35 12. That's an interesting score. Yeah. 30 20. Corey Wyatt agrees with you, Matt. 34 13 from Collie. My final score prediction, I'm going to say. 31 to 10. I'm actually going with David. 31 Yang here. to 10. I, I like think it. That's a pretty good score. Probably yeah. 27 6 after half. And then they probably okay. just keep it conservative for the rest of the game. Melissa with 38 9. Newbie Newbie with 31 17. These are some good scores, guys. I like it. Tommy Huxley, 38 10. I like it. I'm excited, man. I'm so excited. First game for a brand new season. There's so much yeah. excitement around the Niners. I just hope it doesn't. I'm not. I'm not even gonna say. It. I'm not even gonna say it. No, nope, don't. Don't even wish that into existence, my it's man. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Jimmy's going to play well. Hopefully, there we go. Um, running back's going to say well. Yeah. Speaking uh, of that, speaking of players playing well, um, and Coach Timo, we will we will have Zach send you an email so we can arrange a date to mm -hmm. get online. Um, speaking of players playing well, let's let's roll right into our offensive and defensive MVPs. All right, I'll go. I'll go first. Um, Go for it. Offensive MVP. I got to stick with my bold prediction, so I'm going to say Brandon Ayuk since I picked for okay. him to have 125, two TDs. Okay. Brandon Ayuk's offensive. Who do you got for your offensive? Um, I am going to kind of, you know, shadow Melissa. I think George Kittle is going to go off. I think he's just chomping at the bit to get out there and play some hard-nosed football, and I think that the Lions have nothing for him in terms of being able to cover him. Jimmy likes George, um, and what I want to see – Honestly, I want to see that first because they haven't. I mean, in practice they did, but in a game situation they haven't. I want to see Trey Lance hit George Kittle with a pass. That would be sick. So George Kittle is my pick. Okay, I love defensive that. MVP. I'm going to go first, wow. and I kind of foreshadowed it earlier because I made the bold prediction. But I think it's going to be Nick Bosa. I'm predicting three sacks and a forced fumble. To me, that's going to be enough to be that defensive MVP. Um, that's that's going to be you know, something that the 49ers have been sorely missing. And this defensive line is going to feast this year. So I'm very, very excited for that. Yeah. Real quick, hunk fat, Jimmy G 350 yards, three touchdowns, offensive MVP. That's a bold <laughs> prediction. That's pretty rich, man. I think Jimmy has had like two of those games in his life. And I think they were both, I think one was the, the saints game and the other was like the Cardinals game where he had four touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> All right, defensive MVP on my end. Uh, this is tough, man, because the defensive line I really do think is going to feast. I know I said Warren's going to have a pick six, but I'm going to go yeah. with stay on the defensive line with you, Matt, and I'm going to give it to D Ford. I think Whoa. D Ford has a hell of a return. I All think he's right. going to ball out two sacks, 
And I think D Ford's going to, to earn that defensive MVP that'd be, to start. That'd be crazy because I feel like D Ford is going to play like 15 to 20 snaps just like in situational pass rush. But damn, dude, if he gets two sacks game one, that's going to be nice. Right? I, I hope so, man. Hung fat 41 to 10 prediction. That's a big score. Coach team offensive MVP, Jimmy G, defensive MVP, Nick Bosa. There's a pretty excellent. Yeah. Yes, Matt. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, when you're yeah. right, you're right, Melissa. I'm feeling you on that one. Jimmy G over 300 yards and three touchdowns. Man, the Jimmy G love is flowing today. Right, right. 350 yards with 30 air yards. There you go. There you go. I mean, I don't think it gets any better than that. Uh, David Yang with the quick prediction of Jimmy Ward getting two interceptions. But Joey Arredondo with the straight-up mic drop on that. That was funny. Uh, special teams MVP Hufanga domination on coverage and gets a field goal block. That'd be dope. I love field goal blocks. Those are like some of my favorite plays. Right? They're so rare. They're, They're so, so rare. rare. Melissa. Who leads the team in tackles? I got Fred Warner. Um, Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Melissa, five, five and a half sacks. sacks for Bosa. Joey, offensive MVP Mostert. Thinks he breaks a couple of long runs and two touchdowns. These are great predictions, uh-huh. guys. And guess what? It's only just nothing to it but to wait around and do it tomorrow morning. That's right. So, With that being said, guys, we're going to wrap this episode up. Yep. Let's pay the bills real quick. Go and click the link in our description. Shout out to Acre Gold. You can buy gold for as little as $50 a month. Once you reach the market <laughs> price of two and a half grams, they will send you what Mike like, Matt likes to call a gold stamp. Stamp. This is a lovely two and a half gram bar of gold. Click the link in the description. Get Acre Gold. Buy gold for as little as $50 a month. Um, also, 81 Vino. Terrell Owens has launched a wine company. Shout out to 81 Vino. 81vino.com, code Hive, 10% off. That also gets you free shipping on two or more bottles. Uh, lastly, shop49ershive.com, code RGS15 for 50% off your purchase. We got clothing. We got apparel. We got portraits that you can hang up. The whole nine yards. Go and ch- click the link. Shop49ershive.com, RGS15, yep. 15% off the entire purchase. Yep. And guys, we're wrapping it up here today, but don't forget to join us tomorrow after the coaches press conferences immediately after the game, we are going to be breaking down what hopefully is a 49ers win over the Detroit lions, more like the Detroit kitty cats. So we're going to be looking forward to that. It should be around, Oh, I don't know. One forty-five ish. So um, that show will be just breaking down the game. It won't be as long as this stream, probably like a half hour or so, just so we can get back into the afternoon action. We want to get you all there for opening day. Um, But we love having you here with us. So on behalf of Zach, on behalf of myself, click the like button, subscribe, follow us on all our social medias. We love having you here. It's week one of the NFL season, baby. So as always, go Niners.